I did a little bit of comedy back east uh-huh. in the late 90s, but there really wasn't anything. Comedy was dead. Whoa. That's Jason. Comedy was dead. Yeah. So I pretty much just got in my car and drove out here to try to get started at the really? comedy store. Yeah. Like I'd pro- I was so probably where, where on stage. Were you probably like in Philly? Philly. And I was probably on stage like a good 10 times. Like I, I my first time ever was in Baltimore. And then, like, I was trying to find, like, a bar, anything, a bar show in Delaware, an open mic in Philly. Um, and I do remember bo- getting booed off stage at an oh. open mic in Philly, but Kevin Hart was there. Yeah. And he was nice to me. Yeah. And encouraged me to come back. I remember Big Jay Okerson and Kevin Hart were doing the open mic at the Laugh House in Philly. I remember taking the train in New York to try to get do an open mic. But there just wasn't any scene or comedy, like, it just wasn't happening yeah. in, in the late 90s. No, yeah. The 90s was uh, the the uh, the death of stand-up yeah. because of cable TV. The explosion of cable TV killed it like 90, 91, 92, 93, 94. It was just like all these comedy Everywhere. clubs were closing. I remember I was working at a uh, a hotel and uh, and a guy that was working with me, he was just like, he was a, like a big feature. He, he always opened for me. He was a feature guy. Cool. And he was like, he made a career out of being a feature. He was never a headliner, but he made a lot of money featuring, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he was like, I had to get a real job for the first time in like 20 years. I'm like, why? He's like, they're closing comedy clubs everywhere. He's like, like, it was like, it was like a crisis. <laughs> He's like, dude, it's, it's, all of them closing. <laughs> now were you no, doing I'm working sta- front desk? Were you doing stand up before you I was met doing that open guy? mic? Cause that's just cool, like how he was brought into your life. Yeah, it was right? so crazy, and, and and it was so funny because he kept saying that, like, yo, you picked the wrong time to get in stand. He kept like it was so discouraging. Yeah, and I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, man, it's bad out there. And literally, that's the reason why I started getting, uh, you know, uh, theaters. I would rent theaters and stuff like that. Cause literally, I was like, I had to find my own way to get it. That's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Now I think about it, I'm like, whoa, I got, I gotta find that stuff. I used to make brochures at Kinko's. And uh, not brochures, uh, programs. I used to make programs where you have to staple in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, this one guy had like this newsletter that he made and he made money off of uh, advertisement. I go, oh, how do you do that? He was like, oh, I got the program. It's a template. And you just put pictures here and then you write a little something about them and then you put, sell advertisement on the other page and that's how you make money. And I'm like, oh shit, that's how I'm going to pay for the comedy clubs. <laughs> I mean, that's how I'm going to pay for my comedy shows. So I made these programs in like my first show that I did. It's like 90, I can't remember the t- years, man. If I said a year, I... I'm sorry if I say a year and it's wrong. All right, you guys, it's a long time ago. Uh, but uh, the first one I was with Bobby Lee, wow. Bobby Lee and Mark Fernandez. I met them at the San Diego Comedy Store, and uh, and I go, hey, I met Bobby, and I was like, hey, I do these comedy shows. I was lying, and then uh, and I went to the Student Union at the at UNLV, right? Wow. And I asked the Filipino Student Association. This is like 1990, like 1990, I think, and I asked them. Uh, 90, whatever. Don't quote me, you guys. So, because um, uh, I feel bad. I don't want this shit to backfire. Just let, letting you know it was a long time ago. Right. So, uh, and, and I go, I asked the Filipino Student Association, I go, hey, look, I'm half Filipino, half white. I got this Korean dude that's really, really funny. I got this other guy named Mark Fernandez. He's really funny. He's Filipino. And I, and I got this white guy named Geechee Guy. 
the diversity oh, wow. is amazing. And I go, and it'll be a free comedy show here at Student Union. The way I'll pay them is I'm going to make a program and I'm going to sell advertisement and that's how I'll pay the comics and I'll put, I'll get their own room. You'll have no responsibility. All I need from you guys is to sign this paper. Because if they, if the, if the Filipino, yeah, if the Filipino Student Association signs a paper, then I get that room for free. Wow. And and if I charge, uh, and if all the students are free, then then it's a free event. They won't tax me for anything. I just need them to sponsor, like like wave it off, Mm. like. And they they had to go. They're like, all right, cool. We'll take it to our board and we'll see. And then they called back and they're like, no, we're not going to sponsor. I was like, what? Wow. Are you fucking? I was so heartbroken because it was like my people. Like, yeah. dude, just do this. Like, it's such a great thing. Like, it's promoting diversity. It's giving a, us Asian comics that like a platform. You can't even see us anywhere. Like a shot. Like, just like come, man. It'll be a free show. I'll promote the shit that nothing comes out of your pocket. No, man. We we just we, we really can't. Like, uh, I don't know what their excuse is. They they just didn't want to get involved with it. And I was like, whatever. I was so fucking mad. So I had to talk to UNLV. I had to go to the board. I'm sorry I keep doing these long stories. This is no, about Steve incredible. Simone. Steve Simone, no, Steve dude, Simone, I, Steve Simone. Yeah. So I, I, I'm i doing... Uh, Jason Collins. <laughs> and then I went to... Uh, UNLV, the board. I had to go to the How board. How old are you at the time? You're a kid? Oh my God, 20 ish. Yeah, 20- you're a kid. Something. I don't know, man. I'm probably making up numbers right now. 22. I don't know. Uh, and then, um, so I ask, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, the board, if they can give me the thing. They're like, oh, no, we're going to have to pass um, unless you want to pay. It's $880. And then you also have to get million dollar insurance to insure uh, anything just in case one of the comics get hurt and they're not from the school. They got to be liable for that. We don't want to. So you have to get insurance. Like totally complete So many obstacles. So many obstacles. Then you got to have a student. Then we also have to have a chaperone there to watch it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, fuck. I go, it's going to be a free event, man. Like, don't worry about paying. It'll be money. Yeah, unfortunately, that's what you're going to have to do. So then I was like, fuck it. All right, I got it. So I signed it, right? I was like, the sponsors will pay for the ANR. I'm going to have to get more sponsors, blah, blah, blah. Whatever, right? All of a sudden, this girl I was dating. Oh, so then, yeah, if I was dating this girl, it must have been around, yeah, it must have been like 92-ish, right? If I was dating this girl, her name was Jennifer. Um, she, uh, she had this guy, this white dude that was working with her. I think his name was Josh. If you're listening, Josh, I'm sorry. Give me your real name. I don't remember, okay? Yeah. Think about it. 92, ago, yeah. bro. That's a long time ago. Um, he... Um, he was in a fraternity and he goes, and I remember I was so mad. I was talking to Jennifer. I was like, dude, it's so fucked. They're going to charge me $880 for this fucking thing. Cause we both worked at the same uh, hotel together, all of us. And he was sitting there eating with us. Right, Jason. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I'll fucking sign it. I go, are you kidding me right now? He goes, why not? <laughs> it's the best attitude. I go, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. He was a drunk. He was a complete frat house dude yeah. nicest guy in the world i saw him like not recently uh, not, not too long ago he came to one of my shows and i remember hugging him i was like yo dude this is all possible because of you man like you kept that dream going he he literally just a kid he was like i'll sign it why the fuck not so he signs it right because he was like the head of his fraternity this story gets deeper you ready it's for this awesome. It gets deeper. So now I'm excited. It's a free fucking show. I got Bobby Lee. I put a big uh, board in the student union. And by the way, the student union was so perfect because the theater was right above the, the lunch area. Mm. So, so you just put up. I thought 
I had flyers made at Kinko's. <laughs> I put big giant posters at the bottom of the stairs. Hustling. I got there early during lunch and I was handing out to students, putting it on the thing. Yo, comedy show, comedy show, comedy show. Yo, it's free, you guys. Come, comedy show, this man. This reminds me of the Blues Brothers. The Bro, movie, the it was Blues literally Brothers. like Blues. that. Tonight, one literally night like, only. It was literally like that. And then they, they sent over the person that builds out the theater for you, right? Because it's a ballroom. And he goes, how many, how many chairs are you thinking? How many chairs are you thinking? I go, how many chairs you got? He goes, oh, we got close to 800 chairs if you want them. I go, fucking sit them. I go, they're all coming. I go, I handed out so many flowers. I, bro, I went to the dorms. I went everywhere. Yeah. The pizza, the pubs, everywhere. I had, I fucking papered the town, bro. Yeah. Shook hands, everything, man. I was like, it's a free show. They're coming, dude. It's eight o'clock tonight. They're coming, right? 800 seats laid out. Bobby Lee's there. Geechee guys, they're all there, right? My dad shows up. <laughs> a couple people that I work with show up. Literally just the first row of seats. That's it. Oh. 12 people. And Bobby's just like, oh, look. Like, well, at least you tried. That's Bobby, right? And I'm like, God damn, dude. This I was so mad because it's like 800 fucking seats. And here's the thing. I had an option for the walls. So like if I would have just laid fifty seats out, we could have made it look full. Yeah. Because of the wall, you know how they have those collapsible yep. walls. Yes. I opened those walls up for eight hundred seats, and I'm just sitting there like, yo, what the fuck, man? And I'm just sitting there, and uh, I'm just depressed. And I remember my dad; he was a, he just got a gig uh, as a flight attendant, and he brought his flight attendant people with him. Yeah. Mm. So he brought some people from you know from work from America West. So he brought them there and they're sitting there and my dad's like, Hey, good job. I'm so proud of you. Ooh, like he was all proud. It was awesome. John, I want to thanks. I was so fucking mad. And then, uh, I was like, okay, we're going to start the show in five minutes. And then all of a sudden the doors open and fucking Josh brought his fraternity. All I want, you know, <laughs> oh, beautiful fucking 25 dudes walk in. Right. And I'm yeah. like, I hug him. I'm like, dude, are you fuck? Thank you. I go, thank uh, you. I didn't, I didn't know you were going to come, man. Thank you. He goes, we have to. It's like we signed for it. We get in trouble if we don't show up. <laughs> he goes, plus we just love, you know, we love you, man. Of course we're going to do this. Like, because he was a friend of mine. Right. So they all sat there, dude, right? So filled up like the first row. And he brought the sorority. So then they showed up. They fucking showed up, bro. How many? They showed up. I mean, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't 800 people, but it was like. We got close to like 60 people, seven, That's awesome. but it was enough for a show. Cause if yes. they didn't show up, bro, it was no literally energy. my dad. And yeah. Like, right. it was like no 12 audience, people. No energy to play on. Like yeah, man. It was like it 12 was flight attendants. Bad, bro. No, no. There's like three flight attendants and like a cousin, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the guy That's cleaning awesome. the shitter. It was bad. And I, we had a show, man. And, and that was the start of it. And that was my That's addiction amazing. from that day on. It was my addiction. I was like, I can, I can fucking, I can make shows. I can always produce my own show. Speaking of show, this should be a show. This should be a Netflix show about your years in Vegas. I'm being dead serious. Oh, thanks, man. I'm being dead serious. Because like, the nostalgia factor, yeah. the fun mm -hmm. factor, and everybody knows it has such a happy ending. Yeah. But that's that's incredible. Where did that work ethic, that persistence, that hustle come from? I don't know. You know, my mom, okay, so you know, I'm a military brat, right? So my mom was immigrant, right? She, she just came to this country. This is before Facebook. This is before internet. So my mom, just imagine being a Filipino woman in America yeah. and, 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 and trying to find other Filipinos. I do this joke um, on Live from Seattle where my mom would walk up to Mexicans and go, Filipino. You know what I mean? <laughs> but literally, that's what it was like for her. Yeah. If you could really put yourself in her shoes, leaving her country and coming to America with this kid yeah. and trying to find her identity and finding people with similar likes – 
Mm-hmm. Someone that eats her food. Yeah. Like she literally had to walk up to people that like, are you Filipino? Oh my God, you are. And then speak her language yeah. and become friends with them. Yeah. That's what she had to do. There was no Facebook Courage. putting them together. Yeah, dude. So we would always, it, it would get to the point where they finally started getting this small community together. And every, every Sunday, uh, they would rent out the Knights of Columbus Hall, which was attached. I was going to say, she Catholic, I'm Catholic, so yeah. all the old Filipino ladies yes. would do the daily rosary yes. and stuff like that. They're the most hardcore that's Catholics where, in the world. Bro, that's, I'm telling you, church was like the original Facebook for yeah, them. Yeah, I was going to. Okay. Because they would literally meet at church, and they would, and then they were like, oh, well, then let's uh, rent out the hall. Yeah. You know, because the church always had a Knights of Columbus yeah. Hall, and they would rent out the hall. So after church, we'd all go over to... The hall and all these Filipinos, Filipino kids, Filipino yeah. parents. You got to remember, this is 1982. You know, mm-hmm. there's no Filipino restaurants. There's no yeah. Filipinos anywhere. Like, there's nothing on TV. There's nothing. So that we would have potluck night, and we would all have Filipino food, oh, and then we'd the have best. to. It was crazy. Uh, and then we would perform. That's where I did. Like, I had to do Michael Jackson. My sister would sing, and and there were other yeah. kids that danced. Like, that's where we got that that entertainment bug from and yeah. that's where like that's why when i do the michael jackson bit i'm not doing it because i'm doing a michael jackson bit i'm doing it because it's my life yeah bro. Right. like my mom literally made a glove because she was like you're going to kill it at this talent show oh, watch man. and she made me i still have that glove by the way i i oh, it. it's it's in a frame dude and that's i still awesome. remember eating uh spaghetti and getting uh sauce on the fingertip and my mom lost her shit why did you wear it? <laughs> Is the sauce she was still on so it? fucking yeah, it's still awesome. on the fingertip. And like every time I look at it, I, I get like right. it, it yeah. brings Memories. brings me way back. But like um but like that's where it came from. And just seeing my mom, because she was always active in that. She was the one always like, Well, let's have another party. Let's do Easter. Let's oh, tell everyone. Awesome. And and then like, oh Christmas and Uncle Ray can be the Santa Claus and skinny ass brown <laughs> Santa Claus. <laughs> oh, 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 who wants gips? Like it, but, but that was our life, man. Hmm. So like seeing my mom do it, I guess indirectly motivated me like well, fuck it. Like, I can't get it. You know, that's why when you say the Riviera Comedy Club. Yeah. Dude, you know, um, oh, my God. Uh, oh, God, who used to book that? Steve uh, Sharippa. Steve Sharippa used to book that, right? So in 1989, he used to call it. If you don't know who Sharippa is, he was on uh, Sopranos. uh, The Sopranos. And uh, But before he was on The Sopranos, he was a booker at the Riviera Comedy Club, which was the, like, the greatest comedy club. Yeah. Like, that's where I saw... Uh, that's where I saw uh, uh, Bob Slayton. That's where I wow. saw uh, Robert Schimmel. That's where I saw my uh, Drew yeah. Carey. That's where I wow. saw, like, I saw all the great. Oh, uh, 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 Chris Rock. That's where Were I saw. Were you doing this comedy yet at the, the time? No, it's 89. Right. So I'm you're like just, 18. You're just a fan. Uh, yeah. Like, I knew when I was 11 I was going to be a comic. And then we moved to Vegas, and I'm just like, I'm just going to comedy clubs because that's that's, so that's cool. what you're supposed to do, right? And then I, and then I started lying, and I kept calling all the comedy clubs there was catch rising star at the mgm which is bally's now and then they had uh they had another comedy oh they had the improv at harrah's and then they had riviera comedy club and i would call them every fucking week yeah. every week with a different voice hey my name is joseph glenn a local comic you know what i mean i like to go up and open if you have a fallout i like to do like five minutes if you need mcs you know uh you know i can do some mc work for you uh, yeah buddy bye <laughs> you have a videotape send it in like awesome. right Steve Sharippa was the only one that would ever talk to me. I, I don't so know if he cool. got off on it. No, it was always like, hey, kid. Well, <laughs> I remember I go, hey, 
<laughs> hey, uh, so my name's uh, Glenn Joseph. Because <laughs> I would always change my fucking yeah. name. Uh, it's Glenn Joseph. Uh, hey, this is Herbert Glenn. Uh, I do uh, local. <laughs> hey, this is uh, Glenn Joseph. Hey, this is Joseph Glenn. Hey, this is Herbert Joseph. Hey, kid. Hey, I know who it is. <laughs> All right? This is what I want you to do, kid. Go to L.A. Work on your time. Get some TV. Get that on tape. Bring that to me. Let me see it, and then we'll work on that. Wow. But I can't put you in here. This is a, a room for headliners. I don't know if that's how Steve talks, but it was pre- It was like I was talking to a mob boss. <laughs> he goes, all right, kid? I go, all right. All right. Steve? Yeah. <laughs> Does this mean you, you want me to stop calling? But literally that... When he said that, uh, that's when I was like, okay, I got to do it on my own. I got to do it on my own. Like, I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to move to LA. I'm only 18. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm scared. I'm not going to move to LA. I don't have any, I'm still living with my mom. So that's, that's where it all came from, man. I, I knew that I had to like get my own shows going. After that one where the fraternity comes in to save the day, yeah, were there more people at the next show? Did that build to a successful show? Um, it started in a uh, coffee house, right? Buzzy's Cafe. Yeah, man. It was crazy. Uh, Buzzy's Cafe. Steve, uh, Sam Tripoli started there. Wow. He was there. Yeah, he was already doing him. his thing. Yeah, Sam's great. I love him. Um, uh, and Sam, yeah, Sam, Sam was already doing it for a little bit. And I was too, but I, I didn't know his group. I was still doing it solo because I just moved to Vegas. So I was doing like like shitty things like Star Mania. There was this thing called Star Mania. <laughs> My sister that? was singing. It was like a bootleg star search. And uh and yeah, so it was like they had a comedy portion in it. And I and I went and did it and I bombed. I was like 18. I penciled in my mustache to get in. That that bar is still there. It's on Tropicana and Eastern. If you're ever in Vegas, go to this bar on Tropicana and Eastern. And when you walk in, there's a stage to the right and there's a bar to the left. And at the end of that bar, I, I had to follow a Lionel uh, Lionel Richie impersonator. This fucking guy killed it, bro. He killed it. And uh, and to my left was this bar. And um, I went up and I did this whole thing. It, my my jokes were so bad. I was just like. Uh, I was like, yeah, I'm Asian, so uh, you know, I'm practicing safe sex. You know, I was doing something <laughs> like that, and the condoms just keep falling off. You know, because small right. day, blah blah, right? Anyways, that was the joke I had, right? F- nowhere, just yep. complete flatline. No one's laughing. My tongue starts sticking to the roof of my mouth, all chalky, right? Yeah, and I'm like, all right, well, um, <laughs> uh, well, you ever, uh, you ever have your mouth get so dry, your tongue sticks to the roof of your mouth? <laughs> And the lady at the bar, far left, goes, put a condom on it, <laughs> and fucking crushes. Uh, <laughs> this bitch crushed with my shitty joke. Good she night. Got, she got the applause break I needed. <laughs> that was oh. my applause. Yeah, she got it, and everyone died laughing. And I go, all right, well, I guess I'm saying good night. <laughs> and I said good night, and I don't know why I didn't leave. I should have left like... Like the door should have like flapped behind me and just crying. Oh, you'll see. I'll make it someday. <laughs> Everyone's laughing. Ah, you nerd, nerd, <laughs> dork. But I didn't. Yeah. I went and sat right back down where I was sitting, right next to the Lionel Richie guy. And uh, I always tell this story everywhere I go. And, and I go. And I remember looking. I go, oh, man, that sucked, man. That, I, I really suck, right? Or whatever I said. And then the guy goes, Hey, man, I'll tell you this. You got good stage presence. 
You look good up there, man. And I always remember that. That's really funny. Yeah, cool and I remember all. like, oh, all right. I didn't know what stage presence meant, but that's what kept me going, man. I'm like, isn't right, that amazing cool. that just one kind word yeah. from somebody can keep somebody on their journey yeah. to the, on their journey to like their destiny? Like, yeah, just by being nice, by like going, all right, this kid needs a verbal hug. Let's, yeah, let's I hope, I hope that guy like stumbles on it because I've told this story so many times because I didn't even tell my sister about it because my sister kept advancing. Yeah, she was on the same competition and she kept advancing singing. So she kept moving and moving up. And of course, my side of the family kept going to watch my sister. No one knew I was in the same competition. What no is. one knew. And uh, and I was already eliminated. So it didn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, I don't know. I hope I put that story out there enough to where I hope that guy sees it. Yeah, the Lionel Richie guy. Yeah. But you know what's crazy? I had, oh man, this is a, it's supposed to be about you, Steve. No, I'm, sorry, I'm loving this. About this you, is the Jason. greatest. There's another story where I was at working at a dolphin habitat and the 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 tour tour guide. Wait, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, so I was running a, a tour. I was running a dolphin tour uh, tour guide okay. at uh, at Mirage Hotel, and one of the tour guides was like, uh, "BET Comic View is here," oh, and it's yeah. yeah, and she she was like, "It's at Country Star," and I'm like, "What? How long?" That was like ninety. I don't know. So like, you'd been performing though. I've been about. I've been doing it like I've been with Dada for a little bit. At no, I wasn't with Dada yet. Uh, I was just doing like local shows and shit and people yeah. were coming. Oh man, I'm probably fucking up the stories, but don't worry about it. Anyways, it's this is what happened. She tells me there's a uh uh comic view is here and I asked my manager if I can get off early, right? And the reason why I'm telling you guys this story because Netflix just put it out and I posted it. They mm -hmm. they animated it, but I'm gonna tell you the oh, that's so Yeah, cool. I'm gonna tell you what else ha just happened. So uh I um uh, I went home. I got off early. I asked my manager, I go, please let me go home, right? And mind you, I'm a tour guide in 120 degree heat. That'd be brutal. So imagine how hot I am and how sticky and sweaty I am, right? I drive home. I get off an hour early, drive home, and literally, I don't have time to take a shower. I threw this fucking suit on because I thought you had to have a suit if you're going to do TV. You got to wear a suit, right? Because right. I remember in an interview, Eddie Murphy said, I always wear a suit. You know what I mean? When, yeah. I, when I do my, so I wear a suit. So I was like, all right, I got to wear a suit. You know what I mean? So I had this suit, sticky, just nasty. By the way, my car, no air conditioning. Honda Accord, LX. Just fucking driving. I got this fake resume. Uh, I'm just trying to speed to this place. I finally get there. I thought I was late. I get there. There's a line down the street to try and get into this thing. I go to the security guard. I tell the story all the time. When does the security guard ever help anybody? This day, this the guy helped me. I walked up and I was like, my guy, um, I'm a comic. I'm a local comic, uh, and I love to just open the shows. There anyway, I can talk to the promoter, and I gave him my resume. And he goes, "I'll be right back." And he left the line and went and got the promoter, and her name was Yvette Anderson. I've always said this, Yvette Anderson. Yvette walks up to the door, and she's like, "Oh, we're already booked, but you want to watch the show? You're more than welcome to come in." I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" I come in, sit down, and I remember sitting uh, in her booth. There was this big giant camera. It was a Canon three chip digital, like this big five thousand dollar camera. And I remember, I want that camera. I kept always looking at it. Was right? this your first experience with real show business? Real like show the, business. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a, it, like it I was remember crazy. That, yeah. I was just like, I know yo, that and I remember seeing a tripod with that, and I was like. Oh, what? this is crazy. Like, this is this is really happening. Like, I'm in an event right now. It's the coolest it thing ever. It was sold out. It was fucking sold out. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just so excited. I was like, yes, because I love Comic View. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I was like, yes, I can't believe this is about to happen. And then all of a sudden, the crowd's going crazy. They're pissed because the comics aren't there, right? None of the comics are there. So Yvette walks up to me. She goes, you want to open? 
Now wow. the comic's here. And I go, can you please record it on that camera? <laughs> I swear to God, dude. I still have the video. Oh, my God. Yeah. I go, can you please? I go, I don't have a demo reel. I, don't, I can't even afford a camera. But if you can record it with that man... Um, let's do this. And she goes, no problem. And she sets up the camera and she puts me up and I get a standing O, right? No. Swear to God. Get a standing o. It's all on videotape. You can actually see this one black lady in front of the stage going, ah, she's doing, you remember when they used to raise mm-hmm. the roof? Yeah. She's raising the roof. Ah, you funny motherfucker. And, um, and I got that on videotape. Still have it on videotape. And I walk to the side of the stage. Yvette Anderson is standing there with this comic named Bo P, who I used to always watch oh. on. Yeah, I used to watch. Remember. You remember, he yeah. was like all over Comic View. Yep. And I remember seeing him. I was like, oh, shit, that's Bo P. And he's like, how long have you been doing this, man? And I'm like, oh, just a few years, man, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you ever, you ever get on? You ever get uh, a, a call for Comic View? You ever, does anyone talk to you about Comic View? And I go, nope. He goes, you on it now? Wow. And that's, how I got, that's how I got Comic View. Right, so um, and they flew me out like a week later or something like that, and I'm taping Comic View, and uh, and that's Where how I got Comic View, and I'm wearing the same fucking suit that I wore that night. You got it cleaned, huh? You got it cleaned. Got it cleaned okay. that night, and um, and here's the f- this is the moral of the story. So I post that Netflix thing. They yeah. animated that story, right? Yep. And uh, her daughter sees it. Yvette, Yvette's daughter sees it, and and DMs me, and I'm like. Wow. And I go, I just posted that video about your mom. And she goes, Yeah, she's still around, blah, blah, blah. And I go, How about Bo P? And she's like, No, well, they're not, they're not, they're still friends, but they're not together anymore. And then and then she goes, I go, Can I please have your mom's number? Like I I, I gotta take her out. I gotta mm-hmm. whatever. I gotta give her something. You know what I mean? And then she gives me her phone number. And I, literally, I'll show you. I'll show you this. It's on my phone. Um, I'll show you it. It just happened last week because they just posted it last week. And then um and I go, Yvette, I posted this thing on Instagram and your daughter reached out to me and I'm like, this is so crazy. I'm talking to you right now because I've always wanted to thank you, blah, blah. It's like, oh my God, yeah. So I, we're going to go eat. Like we're going to go out to eat like this week, right? Awesome. And then she watched the thing and then she hit me back and she goes, you know, I still work with that security guard. No. What? Invite no. him to dinner. <laughs> He's coming to the dinner, right? He's got to come to the dinner. I'm going to buy him something beautiful. Yeah, you got oh, yeah, and, um, and she goes, she goes, uh, she goes, uh, that security guard actually works at this place that I work at. He still work. We still hang out with each other. Please hook this guy. Up. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And so, yeah, that's about to go down that's like amazing. this week. Is that cool? That's so cool. That's cool, man. Dude, this- Those are the people that change your life. That's why when I say, yeah. that's why when I say, man, like it doesn't take much to just give, just give a little. And, and mm-hmm. like to you, it may like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but there's, there's someone that's like, Amen. That means a lot. Everything. It, you don't understand. That meant the world to me. Because I could have literally just went back into my car. Because I yeah. didn't have money to buy a ticket. Easily discouraged. I could have yeah. easily yeah. just quit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm working in a fucking dolphin habitat. Nothing's going for me. Like, none yeah. of these comedy clubs are asking me. I don't have enough money to move to L.A. Like, yep. mm-hmm. like what the fuck do I have to do? And, and that would have been that moment where I could have been either I quit. I'm right. just going to become a valet attendant at Why the Mirage. Why didn't you quit? I don't know. You know what's crazy is the reason why I said valet attendant is because they my mom's was friend. Well, especially during this time. You know, this is the, the boom of the valet guy. This is when the six-figure valet guys were a thing. Yeah. The Mirage and all these guys were making six figures. And that job was like people were killing for that job. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I remember my mom worked at the bank with this lady and her son was the manager of Mirage Valet, wow. which was 
a gold mine. Wow. A gold mine. If you get Mirage, like you got to remember, there was no Bellagio. There's none of that shit. Yeah, the first big Mirage was the first billion dollar hotel. Yeah. You know, even though it wasn't a billion, it was only 500 million. Whenever you say Mirage, I hear Michael Buffer in my headphone. The Mirage. Yeah. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, man. And, uh, and, and I remember my mom got me the interview and, uh, and the guy interviewed me and this is exactly what he said to me. He goes, Hey, look, man, I can't get you on full time, but I can get you graveyard and probably a couple of uh, day shifts, like two, two graveyard shifts and maybe a day shift. And he goes, and I don't normally do this, man. I got a stack of applications waiting for this job. Mm-hmm. But your mom and my mom are really good friends. Like, I swear to God, he's saying all this shit to me. Yeah. Your mom and my mom are really good friends. And, uh, and I just, I think you're a good kid. I think you, uh, you'll, you'll be great. And, uh, you know, just give it about a year or so and you'll, you'll eventually get a good shift. He goes, but I'm telling you, you might want to, you might want to wait this one out. And uh, by the way, I'm working at the, I'm a dolphin tour guide. Mm-hmm. Which is like nine fifty an hour in a hundred degree, like hundred twenty degree heat. Horrible Brutal. fucking thing, right? And I just go, I'm good, man. And his mouth fucking dropped. Wow. He goes, what? Because of the shift? Is that? I go, you know what, man? I, I honestly, I really thought that I, I did want to be a valet attendant, but the more I think about it, man, if if I do this, I'm probably never gonna, gonna become be able to a quit. comic. Yep. I go. I, I need. I need to be in that habitat. I need to like. I need to hate my job. Not yes. Like, I literally turned it down. Man. Burn your bridges. Yeah, man. Burn the burn your ships. Just that was com- it. Commit. Yep. Huh. Sorry. This was supposed about. This was supposed to be about Steve um, Simone, <laughs> Jesus Collins. But dude, honestly, I think this is. This a is TV yeah. Show. I love hearing these stories yeah. though. Like it's it's not the same ages as the Wonder Years, but like that nosta- early '90s nostalgia about a kid in his dream. Yeah, dude, I'm inspired to be a better person and help more people after listening to your story because yeah. I feel like I'm sitting down with like a real life Rocky. <laughs> like no, I'm being dead serious <laughs> thanks, about it. Sir. It's somebody that just had a dream. No, thanks, and you sir. did it, and oh, it's yeah. inspiring. I wasn't gonna let that shit never knock me down. That's why when Netflix said no to me, uh, you filmed that on your own, right? Yeah, four years ago they said no to me, and then I was like, oh, what? I go, this hour is killer. Why are you saying no? I kept asking them like six times. I even offered to fly the whole staff out to San Francisco to watch me at Cobbs. I was like, I'll fly you in. I'll even keep the jet waiting for you. It'll be hot. Wow. I go, it'll be hot. So we when won't you even say turn fly the in, you up. mean like private I literally jet, was. Sinatra I literally style. told my manager to tell them I will get a private jet, fly them to San Francisco, leave the engine on, have a a fucking SUV driving to Cobbs, watch one set, get back into the car, go back to the jet and fly back to LA. That's how determined I was to sell this to them. I needed them to see this. And you know, whatever it was, dude, whatever it was, they, they, they passed on it and, and, and no disrespect, whatever. Like that's, yeah. you know, who that, knows? That's a, who knows? It I could be care. a million different things. There's a, so many things, right? It was the money that they were shelling out by the way. Yeah. They were selling out big money that year. You know what I mean? There, there were some big contracts being made. And I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. They can't afford to do mine. That's the stuff I was saying. I wasn't doing anything negative. I was just like, all right, fuck it. So then I was just like, I'll shoot it myself. And I'll bring it to them. <laughs> I remember wow. what I said I was going to shoot it myself. They still called just to uh, reinsure, like, hey, we're not going to buy it. So but go yeah. ahead and shoot it. Oh, just wow. know. We're not buying it. Yeah, but I they, see why you did it because you're the kid that shows up at a Dada booth yeah. with a tape. You're the kid right. that talks his way in the comic viewer. You're the guy that, after the Filipino Student Association uh-huh. says no, you go, all right, I'll go to the board. And then the fraternity shows up. And then your family's there to support you throughout this whole thing. And that's that's yeah. that's the show. That's crazy, right? It's incredible. Yeah, man, it's crazy. 
Fuck. Thanks. It was all a dream. So happy, uh, so happy I was on the Steve Simone and Jason Collins show. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, cool. then how your story influenced your story. Yeah. It's like... And it, my first TV credit was BET Comic View. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. That's right. It came out later. I shot that first mm-hmm. before I did it. Tonight Show was the first thing that came out. Yeah. But the Comic View was, I, I did that one first, but it didn't come out for another six months. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. That was my first. That's dope, dude. Yep. Comic I love View that and shit. then Tonight Show. I love it. Yeah. That's be- I think whoever's listening to this, whatever your dream is, do it. Because yeah. I'm so much more inspired now yeah. this is incredible don't ever stop man and like i said i think what i'm trying to get at is like yo pay it forward bro yeah. hey, man. the littlest thing to you is the biggest thing to someone else believe me man you could touch an entire life <laughs> like those two guys man and that woman yvette changed my life changed the course of my life What's up, Joe? I want to talk to the Koi Pine listeners about Grubhub. You know, it's a really weird time. Everybody can tell we're doing these ads on our phones right now because everybody's, you know, doing social distancing. We're all separately in our homes. And Grubhub is one of the ways that we can help save the restaurants we love. Oh, exactly. By the way, my son is in love with spicy chicken sandwiches. How is he going to get that? Can't leave the house, but he can get it from Grubhub. Yep. And this is how we keep those places open. Every order on Grubhub helps support your local community as restaurants rely on delivery and pickup orders during this time. Contactless delivery is available. You know that? You can actually say in the Grubhub app, this has to be contactless delivery, meaning you're not gonna actually touch you know, somebody or encounter them. You gotta stay six feet apart from the person and they'll just drop it off outside your door, I believe. Yeah, that's perfect. That's the best way to feed your family right now. You want to go out to eat? Have Grubhub get it for you. That's right. Special promotions will be available daily. Look for neighborhood specials so you can save money and save a restaurant. Your pickup or delivery order can help save a local restaurant during this difficult time. Yeah, you guys, let's all work together. Grubhub is helping that. You can also donate your change on every order to support the Grubhub Community Relief Fund to support restaurants and drivers impacted by COVID-19. That's a beautiful thing, man. And there's this one special thing for just for the Koi Pine listeners. If you download the Grubhub app and enter code, promo code Koi Pond, you'll get $10 off $15 or more for new diners. That's promo code Koi Pond. Promo code one more time, Koi Pond. For $10 off any order of $15 or more for new diners, so download the Grubhub app today and use promo code Koi Pond to enjoy the restaurants that you love delivered. Go get something to eat now. Please like, film your interaction with that security guard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I need to see that. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, I, I want to have everything documented. I, I want Good. that entire thing, you know, for personal reasons. Like, just like... I've always, like, it's always haunted. There's another guy by the name of Honest John. I can keep going on. There's another guy named Honest John. He's the reason why I got Def Jam. You know what I mean? And if it wasn't for Def Jam, I would have never got the Apollo. That's another story, bro. I was opening for Honest John um, because we met through BET's Comic View. No, we met through a black college comedy tour, and him and I were the other. 
You know what I mean? I can keep going on. Uh, so I'll do this last story, and we're yeah. done. So we we <laughs> we get I we both did BET's Comic View, and then there was this guy that had this thing called the Black College Comedy Tour, and we were other because you needed diversity. You couldn't yep. just book all black. You had to get e another, and we were other. So he was white, and I was like Asian, Mexican, whatever. And you guys toured like historical we black were, colleges, Morgan yeah. State, all that. yeah, or even just regular colleges that had a black student body that needed that wanted. I was a black in the show. BSA when I was in college. Yeah, that's dope, right? <laughs> so. uh that's how I met Honest John, and Honest John was like, "Hey, man, you know, I go to, the, I do the Air Force bases, man, and you should open for That's me." That's a great Honest John. Yeah, that. right. Yeah. And I go, "All right, cool." And he's like, "All right, man, so I'll just give you a call, and then we get this thing going." And then I open for him in Korea and all that shit, and uh, cool. so that's why I've been, I've been looking for Honest John's number too. So I got to get that. Uh, and he, uh, when we were in Korea, he was just like, you know, I'm part of this Def Jam thing on the on the road, Def Jam tour. I'm gonna tell Bob Sumner about you. Bob Sumner is the guy that Legend. actually created uh, Def Jam. So, uh, so we, he goes, when we go to Vegas, man, I'm gonna tell him to come uh, that I want you on the show. So, anyways, they come to Vegas. He calls me up, man of his word. Yo, come down, meet me at the, uh, Sam's Town. So I meet him at Sam's Town backstage. I'm just standing there. He goes, Bob's Bob's coming. So hold on, Bob. I, I like how I keep going into character. And then uh, Bob hmm. walks in. He's eating something. So uh, John said, "You're funny." All right. Well, um, all right. Look, I'm gonna give you five minutes. Like he's just being so like fucking mean, right? He's like, "I'm gonna give you five minutes. We're not gonna open the curtain." Uh, we'll do it before the house lights uh, turn off. So we'll leave the house lights on so the ushers can uh, sit everybody. So we'll put you on like five minutes before the show. And um, uh, don't mention Def Jam. Don't say welcome to Def Jam. And when you say goodnight, don't say enjoy Def Jam. Just say my name, Joe Coy, and then say goodnight, my name's Joe Coy. And uh, we'll have the stage hands open up the curtain, just crawl through the middle. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, wow. Goodness. All right, my sister's standing there. Her, my sister's husband now, it was her boyfriend at the time, Mark, was standing there. Honest John sitting there. And then, uh, and then he walks off, and Honest John goes, "Hey man, don't worry, man. He's just, you know, just do your thing, man. You gonna kill it. Don't worry about it. So just kill it." And I'm just like, "Man, that's fine." I looked at my sister. I'm like, "Yo, he just like I might as well not go up. Yeah, like I'm just gonna have the worst fucking gig. Like they're not even sitting. They're not paying attention. The house lights are on. There's, that's an impossible environment." Yeah. And then the and then the stage manager walks up to me. He's like, "Man, that's bullshit. We're not gonna do that. All right." He goes, I just checked the house. The house is at like 80%. The ushers can get the rest of the people sitting down when you're, we're good. So I'll turn the house lights down. I'm not going to turn them off. Another gonna, awesome Yeah, dude. right? He goes, I'm not going to turn them off, but I'm not going to keep them at 100%. I'll, I'll get it down to like 20%. It's going to look nice out there. Whatever it is, right? They both open up the curtain for me. The stage man and this other guy, and they open up the curtain. Literally, just a little fucking, because Bob didn't want... The logo, right? You know, because gotcha. uh, I think I don't Kid Capri or something is on this big. You know, he had the big giant yeah. beautiful yeah. set. You know, yeah. the set says Def Jam, all that shit. So I had to crawl through this curtain, like just this little hole, and literally I just pop out with a spotlight. It's kind of like I don't even know how to explain. It. Like Carol Burnett, like yeah. uh -huh. <laughs> this big red curtain behind me, and then uh, and I had to introduce myself. Hey guys, Joe Coy, you know, blah 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 blah, blah. and I finish. And I go good night. <sighs> Fucking screaming at. Bleachers behind me. There was bleachers at the end. You can hear them stomping. I crawl back through the uh, the curtain. My sister's crying. Oh my god, that was so fucking good. You crushed it. You fucking crushed it. Honest John's hugging me. Bob Sumner is standing there with uh, Rudy Rush. Remember Rudy yep. Rush? And Rudy Rush goes, "Who the fuck is this guy?" He's yelling at Bob. He goes, "Oh, that's that's Honest John's friend." He's like, "Why the fuck did you put him up before me, man?" 
What the fuck you doing? He should be in the middle of the show or, the, or after me. Like, I got to follow that shit. What the fuck is wrong mm-hmm. with you, Bob? Like, he's cursing at Bob. Wow. And he's like, I didn't know. He's like, fuck, man. Like, what the fuck, Bob? He goes, I didn't know it was going to be funny like that. He's like, fuck, dude. And he looked at me and goes, I swear to God, I know this is going to sound like it's the same story, but it's not. This is literally how I got it. The same way Bo P goes, you ever, mm-hmm. you ever, anyone approach you about Comic View? This is what Rudy said to me. He goes, you watch the Apollo? <laughs> No, I swear to God, I go, I go, Come bro. On. Are you kidding me? That's all I watch is Showtime at the Apollo. Mm. What? Yes, yes, I love the Apollo, Rudy. And he goes, "All right, man. Well, I, I'm creating this new segment called Comedy Night, and uh, it's going to be in the middle of Showtime at the Apollo, but it's going to be separate. We're not going, we're not going to put comics in the the amateur night. We're going to give them their own Spotlight. spot where you, right. you get to battle another comic." And I, and he goes, and he goes. He goes, you would kill, man. You want to do it? I'm like, what? I go, Fuck yeah, I want to do it. And he goes, all right, man. We'll get you on. And then that's when I told Dada, right? And I didn't have money because I had to fly myself out. And Dada flew me out. And that's why when you watch the Apollo, you'll see me wearing a Dada footwear hat. Wow. Because Lance Simpson paid for my flight out there. And he gave me money for my hotel room. Wow. Yep. Yeah, Damn. man. That's and that's amazing. how I got the Apollo. That's and incredible. I won. You did. I did win. And Dada got a win. sweet commercial out of it. And <laughs> yeah. even now, all these years later, every time somebody sees that clip, you're still wearing their yeah. stuff. So and you know what's win. crazy about that, too? Oh, I still have that hat, by the way. Uh, is that like your lucky hat? It's like his hat? No, <laughs> it's just in a case. But what's crazy is Lance told me, you don't have to wear a hat. He goes, just be you, man. You, yeah, don't, have to wear, you don't have to wear a Dada, none of that, man. Just enjoy yourself. And do it, man. Like, he was so cool like that. Man. There you go. You've met some amazing people in your team. Yeah, they were some great people. Yeah. I, yeah. Dude, I'm sorry. I went long on the on the uh, Steve Simone and Dude, Jason so Collins. A, a little about me. Uh, Dude, Jason, I feel better about credits. life right now. <laughs> <laughs> Audio pros. You guys are amazing. I'm sorry I took all of your time. Can we... But you guys were a lot of fun. This was awesome. I had fun. I had a great time. Jason, you were great. Thank you. Steve, you're a delight. Dude, this was awesome. Is this Steve the sweetest guy on the planet? Yeah, yeah. Very awesome. And uh, Steve. Go see Steve. Uh, Where's the next spot that we can see you, Steve? Yuck Yucks, Calgary, March 20th, 21st. Uh, Arlington Draft House, 27th, 28th. And then I'm back at the Brea Improv on April 22nd. Beautiful. Get those tickets now before they sell out. And also Jabba. Yeah, man. Is on what? All platforms. All platforms. Yeah, just download it. Steve Simone, of course, Jason Collins. Yo. The Lion's Den. The Lion's Den podcast. With Brent Warren. Everywhere you watch or listen to podcasts, go get it. Lion's Den with Brent Warren and Jason Collins. Yeah, and you're also on the road as well. You're getting Uh, ready to do the Brea Improv, I believe. March 26th. March 26th. Get your tickets now. It will sell out. He's very funny. Both of these guys, extremely funny. The future of comedy. And this is the Koi Pond route. Don't fake it, just bust a move. This joint is gonna get you in the mood. Star Bands Avenue, a podcast network.